0: Faith. Fight. Basketball. This is the F2 Basketball Podcast.
1: All right, guys, we are back. The F2 Podcast. I'm here with PC Henry, our strength and conditioning coach. I'm also here with Nick Izzo, who is our uh, media specialist. I mean, this guy is phenomenal. And Nick is going to lead us in to what we're talking about today. So, what are we talking about today, Nick?
0: So I was uh, as it was rolling in. I was thinking about sort of uh, the culture of basketball and just kind of the idea of like what, what like right now, currently this second, are you like obsessed with in the basketball culture? Like anything, like college pro doesn't matter. But like the one thing like you just can't stop thinking about in terms of of the
2: culture. For me, it's the relationships. Like, at the college level, at the AAU level, up to the pro level. Like, it's so interesting to me. And it's it's, it's just different than when I came through. And it's not that you disliked everybody that wasn't on your team. But there was, like, guys are so connected now. Like, like opponents are connected. And, you know, I I even think about, like, the current Duke situation. Like, those guys, like, they just hit each other up and were like, hey, let's – Let's do this thing. Like let's let's all just go to this place, you know. And like I don't even think that happened with the Fab Five. I think that just kind of organically all of them wanted to go to Michigan and and play, you know, for that coach. But you know, it just see, it seems like the relationships are a lot more open, and it's really interesting when you see guys like a, I think of like a Chris Paul, like head of the players' union. You know all that stuff, and yet he's still trying to dog you. Like, and some guys aren't like that. And so, like, that's something to tackle with. You know, even even within high school, if you're playing against an AAU teammate, like, is there a is there as much animosity and and intensity, or is that you know how how do people navigate that situation?
1: There's definitely less of that now. Like, almost like. Everybody just wants everybody else to be successful. Like nobody wants to like shop yeah, like, anybody. Like, <laughs> in
2: my like region in high school, like I, there was cats on every team that like we were Facebook friends or whatever. But no, I did. They they were trying to take what was mine. You know, and right. nowadays it's just kind of it's different. And I'm not saying it's it's bad, but right. it's it is it is very interesting. I, I think the relationships and and I think it's just in culture in general even in the within the church you know the guys that are writing a lot of you know books and and running these you know mega churches they're even more intertwined where i feel like with me growing up it's not like two pastors hated each other but it's not like they were reaching out like best buddies and i just feel i feel like
1: the world is more connected yeah, than it and, ever used to be. It's
2: probably due a lot to the internet and, and social media, and but it, it is interesting. I have to just think relationally, we're as superficially close as we've ever been yeah. to other people, but also we're not. There's not as many people that have tight relationships. Yeah, you know, even among teammates, like it's. I don't know. It's, it's just yeah, different, it, I, I, you know.
1: It is, it is very different. And we, I mean, we grew up on, you know, Jordan and Bird and Isaiah Thomas yeah. and Magic Johnson. None and they all, stuff like, they, like, they, you know, they played together on the Dream Team and they loved playing together on the Dream Team. But as soon as that was over, like, those dudes were coming at each other's necks. I mean, they really, like, yeah. they really were. They were, I think clo- about Isaiah. They were close on each other. Isaiah
2: and Magic, yeah. like, I wasn't even around when this was going on, but watching old old games and, you know, Isaiah was like Magic's little brother. Right. Until right. Isaiah was became a threat to what Magic wanted, and yeah. it was like, nah, dude. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, in that Bad Boys documentary, yeah. the, you know, where they talk about the – Detroit Pistons back then is I even Isaiah was like when they when Magic laid him out like off the jump he was kind of like I thought we were cool like you know like it it was it's and nowadays I don't know it's just it's just so different and uh I'm not saying it's worse or better for the game but it's just it it is interesting you know and, and I'm not really that old like I'm not you know it's not like I played 40 years ago like but it's changed so much yeah
1: well I think you know personally one of the things that that I think we've seen a trend over over the years is uh is how the a lack of consistency and how there's there's so many moving parts and they're moving every year you know there's more college transfers Every year, you know, on the Division One level, than there were the the last year. I think there were over 850 Division One college transfers last year. You know, and talking to one of the coaches, um, and and then in the NBA, you know, free agency and these one you know one year deals or two year deals. Like it doesn't seem like anybody's on the same team for that long. I mean, what. I mean, what the Warriors are doing right now is is really, really unique because
2: they— yeah, but we're talking. But we're still a huge discussion: is where's Clay going after this year? Where's KD well, sure, going? Sure. Like, and they're and, well, as together of a group as no we've question, had no since I've been alive. Right.
1: And and the, I mean, the interesting thing is that some of these guys are taking less money to stay together. You know, and 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 that's something. You know, I think that so much of this is is driven by money and driven by opportunity. I think more guys are in it for themselves more than ever now. They're looking out for themselves. Where I think is, but you know, before it, maybe it wasn't such an opportunity to completely change your life. You know, mm-hmm. thirty, forty years ago, and now because of how much money is in it, there's such an opportunity, you know, financially to to change your life. That these guys are really just thinking: if I can get that one paycheck, if I can get that one big contract, if I can get that one big deal, I'll win after. Yeah, Yeah. then me and my family are set.
2: Or I'll win first, and then I and then I'm out.
1: And because of that, I think you have more and more college transfers because these guys in college think, well, this situation hasn't been right for me, so and I need to go to the league so I can get that money, and they don't realize how hard it is to get to the league or to get a contract and. And so you got so much, so much so many moving parts, and it seems like it's moving all of the time. that's what I would and say.
2: I, and I think it started with my generation. I think we started it because like I can remember just personally, like there was, there was one game I got benched for in college, and, and like soccer-wise. And I was so mad and upset because I knew I, I should be out there. And it was to the point where I called my mom and I was like, "I want to transfer." And like looking back, I was like, "You baby, like, you sat for one game." You know what I mean? But like, it's our fault. We 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 just kind of nudged the snowball, and now it's it's just adequate. It's just normal now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was looking. I think it was Alex Kennedy put on Twitter the other day the highest paid players on NBA rosters, and the bad teams are paying or the bad teams, their highest-paid players shouldn't be the highest-paid player. But these guys are taking opportunities, and you can't fault them for it. But it does make me wonder, like, you know, when, when are some of these teams going to wake up and be like, no, like, I'm not paying you that. You're not worth that. But, you know, I, I guess we're – you know, in the era of super teams, you just – you take what you can get. but I'm not calling out individuals, but <laughs> – there there are some situations, you know, with, within that tweet where I was like, what? Like, <laughs> you know, like, this guy's good. Like, I mean, you're not, like, a bad player and the highest-paid player on the NBA team. But if that's your highest-paid guy, like, it's hard to find success. <laughs> you know? like, reason why they're struggling.
0: Right, right. Um, no doubt. Um, I think, um, for me, it's – I'll go really micro, is the last, I'll say – Two weeks of Derrick Rose would be my definite obsession. I mean, being from suburban Chicago. Yeah. And, uh, let's see, I graduated high school in 2009. I think he graduated in 2007. Mm -hmm. So, it's, that's, I mean, to see that dude come back and then not only to score 50, but then to last, I think it was last night or two nights nights ago, ago, to have his career high and hit seven threes in a game. I mean, I think... Do you he's think
2: an he interesting had Taken guy. seven threes in a game before that? Uh, I,
0: probably a handful of times. <laughs> and I think it's he's he's a guy that's cool because I think in the like I'm saying in the culture of basketball, I feel like he's kind of a guy that everyone looks at as like they they wanted more, like we wanted to see more and didn't get it. Like I don't think he had that part about him where he was like a like a really like hated guy you know like Kevin Durant has had that in his career LeBron to a degree has had that at times I think Derrick Rose is kind of just like everybody likes the guy everybody liked watching him and then it, it kind of got cut short and so like to see him doing it again and be and be back with Thibodeau doing it and all that stuff for me oh yeah. it's I'm like obsessed with it man it's fantastic.
2: he's easy to like because he plays regardless of his injury status he plays super hard and he plays. I mean, he plays like his head's on fire. And there's right. nobody that doesn't like that. But he's very soft-spoken and, and doesn't he doesn't talk like. But he's just, and it's that's rare. And uh, I think he. I think that's why he's so easy to like. Is plays super hard. Everybody can respect the guy that plays super hard. And He doesn't really have much to say about it. It's just how he handles his business. He's,
0: it's just awesome. It's just in this, like, in this, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's so cool. I was just thinking, like, the culture of basketball. Like, he is just, like, he, he was kind of on his way to being, I feel like, almost like a cult figure in mm-hmm. the game. Like, 30 years from now, kids will have, have heard of him, but not exactly for the right reasons, you know? For more of that, like, right. what could he have been kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And I think to have this sort of redemption kind of, and not even redemption, but to come back and sort of, like, have this little revival Mm-hmm. And he looks like it's, it's kind of giving it a nice nice spin, you know, to the story of of Derrick
1: Rose. So. Yeah. No doubt, I, I I dig it. I think, and you definitely went micro in the last two weeks. So, um, but that is that is super relevant. One of the other things that you brought up earlier is like, okay, so. The culture of basketball how is that now versus maybe how it used to be or like what's really relevant right now and then you know one of the things you posed to us earlier was like all right well how about how about in Christianity as a religion or you know the church and and what's relevant in the culture and what's changing so you know I think we can we can jump over to that and and you know, because we all we all are in different places in our faith and our experience with you know with Christianity, and um, so I think it'd be it'd be great for us to come from our perspective in different ways of just like where we feel like the culture is now. So, Patch, I'm gonna send it to you.
2: Um, well, you know, I I think, yeah, it's like Nick said, like it's very interesting. There's still a culture that's changing about something that happened roughly 2019 years ago and but it's totally different you know we've gone through you know eras with the with the crusades where christianity was an extremely violent culture you know and then we've shifted out of that and i mean there's guys that are authors and pastors that are i mean they're celebrities now you know when i came through there wasn't like the pastor of the church was the it was the pastor and people in the community knew him, but there was no like grand scale really. Um, or not that I noticed I mean, really until I went to college and um you know, Anderson was right down the road and that's where New Spring Church started and it's this like mega production and they're streaming, you know, they got all these locations now and they're, you know, touching so many people, but again at the same I'm not knocking the mega church structure. But at the same time, you—it's not as tight knit. You know, it's just like basketball. Like, I feel like more people are getting reach, or the information's available. The sermons are—you know, there's most sermons now you can get on podcast form, or you can stream it to your ha- like. It's all this information and relationship is available, but a lot of times it's at a superficial level. Like for for me, if I. You know, I went through a stretch in my walk where I didn't feel like going to church. I still wanted to get the message, but I didn't feel like, you know, getting dressed. And, you know, it was Sunday. Like I was, and I would just be like, okay, I'm going to stream a service. Right. And so it's very superficial because part of the the thing with the church is like, you know, it's it's the body. Like, And I wasn't a part of the body, but I was still getting the message. And so, you know, and I don't think if you watch a... Stream makes you a bad person, but there's definitely, we're more connected than we've ever been, but yeah. I don't necessarily think we're as close as we've ever been.
1: So the connection is there, but the depth is not there. Right. So, right, we've got maybe maybe more relationships, more uh, connected to people, but the depth of those relationships yeah. is, and the meaningfulness of those relationships yeah. is also based upon depth.
2: And to me, it's like, would you rather have 100 pennies or four quarters? Right. And yeah. you know that, and that's just that's the best way I can put it. You know, I know a yeah. ton of people. There's uh, you know people DM me all the time that I've never met before, and so there is a relationship there, but right. yeah, there's no depth to it. Right. You know, answer a question or right. say thank you or you know whatever yeah. whatever it is, but there's not. I don't know that person's struggles and their day in day out life. Right.
0: So They. Get- yeah, I think like I'm I I am super intrigued by the concept of like the culture of the church. Because like I think like uh I think of an example like the example that I kinda of think of is like you have a lot of people in well around the world, right? Well let's let's say the United States, for example. Mm. You have a lot of people who um they go to church every week, you know, maybe it's your grandma or your grandpa, right? Mm. They've they've, you know, had this piece of their life for sixty years and you know they've never you know sat down and watched a full professional basketball game yet they're very aware of who LeBron James is hmm. who this person is who this person is and it's a small part of their life but that culture is very like it's out there they're aware of it and yet there's there's figures in the church something that they're very comfortable with and very familiar with that they just don't know about they don't kind of have that same it doesn't have that same sort of reach in in some way with the culture and i think when i look at it like that it's i i guess the what i wonder is you know how is it is it how the message is being spread you know and is it is it sort of this you know <clears throat> resistant to change kind of thing not using the technology i guess coming mm-hmm. from the media side right here mm-hmm. not you know in that framework is is the church doing the best job of using the media side to kind of spread their message mm-hmm. you know and use that resource is that i, I just i'm yeah. curious about how that is the case in a sense, right? That this culture <laughs> is, you know, for some people, they're just not aware of the stuff that's going on in it. Mm-hmm. And it, cause it is changing all, you know, like mm-hmm. you said, it is kind of ever changing and there are different figures, you know, here and there and, and, you know, stuff along those lines.
2: Well, I, I'm trying to think how to word this, but, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with getting the message out to the masses. But I just think it's very important to be aware of when there's an opportunity to you know if, if Colin posts something with you know a message you know about what he's noticing in his walk and somebody dms him or comments or reaches out like I think his execution on that and being like let you know let's get together let's let's get a phone call let's talk about it I think that's the where we get the best of both worlds. You know, it's not a big deal if somebody's like, "Hey, I really loved your post on this dribble move. Like, that, you can be like, yeah, thank you, or whatever. But if somebody responds about something in their spiritual life or something that they resonated with, that's where I think we've got a huge responsibility um, to not make, you know, to get past the superficial side, the you know, the face value right. of just, like, thanks you know and um I just think me personally it's easy to get caught up in that cycle of like I've you know I've heard some good things today and and everything like that but I do think the fellowship piece is really important and 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 bleeding a little bit
1: yeah um you know when all of this making making me think about like you know where our culture is today is like I feel like you know, we got this this millennial generation, and I guess most of us are millennials. I'm probably on the very tail end of the millennial generation, but you know, it's um, I feel like more more uh, we talk more about the mind right now. We talk more about how we're feeling now than we did 30, 40, 50 years ago, and so it almost it's almost like we have a younger generation that's asking like why, like why do we do these certain things? Why are we you know why do we why do we always go to church on Sundays? You know they're starting to question more of why do we believe what we believe? What why you know like and it's it's almost in my mind I appreciate it like I I appreciate um, the uh, the the challenge of hey let's not just blindly walk into something let's not just blindly follow something because my parents you know grew up going to church and they wanted me to go to church you know because. You know, you're talking about fellowship. The the most important fellowship we can have is with God, the Creator, through Jesus Christ. And if we are not, you know, if we're not, in, in, in lack of a better way of saying it, hanging out with Him every day, you know, like in prayer and in Scripture and and with other believers, like then we don't really get to know Him. And the the depth of the relationships are the the absolutely the most important. And so I think we see like this this a generation that's coming up that so badly wants to have purpose and wants to make impact and wants to change the world. I mean, I think that's something that we really we really see from this younger generation and I think they're looking for answers. So to me, I think it's it's an awesome time because I think, you know, I grew up in a time where everybody just goes to church you know, that, that's a believer just because that's what you do. Your parents have you do that. And, you know, we live in the south down here, so people go to church. People go to so- church here socially because yeah. that's, you know, that's where everybody goes on Sunday. And that's just – it's part of the culture. Yeah. But I think when you work into intentionality and um, there's a reason that you're, that, you're, that you're going to church. There's a reason that you're connecting with other brothers and sisters, like, so that we can live the life, this life, the best that we can live it. Um, I think that's kind of where our culture is here today in terms of Christianity,
2: and I think that like that intentionality is is brought forth by, uh, you know, figuring out what questions they're asking. You know, why am I going to church? Why would I go to this Bible study? Like, there's a million Bible studies I can pull up on my phone and do by myself. You know, the the why is really important, and the responsibility on us as you know for you as a parent you know for you as a mentor for us as mentors is to figure out what their questions are as to why are we why do we do these things and give them answers because they don't know, like yeah. In,
1: but that's you know, give them answers. Like, but a lot of times
2: we don't have the answers, and see what. No, happened. but I'm talking about the traditions. Like, oh. why? Like, why do we go to church? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. why do we? Yeah <laughs> Why are these structures in place? And the, 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 the to be honest,
1: the hard thing for me is that a lot of the traditions I don't even agree with. Yeah. Like because I feel like they were set up. They were they were man made traditions mm-hmm. to try to control a lot of things that. Look, it, when it comes down to it, and if we look at it when the first when it was first started and Jesus had his twelve disciples, his twelve followers, those dudes were just following him. Mm-hmm. Like and it was it was very simple. Like they like he wasn't even saying, Hey, I'm going to a certain destination, follow me. Mm-hmm. It was he said, Just come follow me. Come mm-hmm. see what I do, come see how I live, and then replicate that. Yeah. And if we can keep it that simple, then we don't like we get so caught up with agenda and what we're supposed to be doing that we actually forget about like the greatest commandment is to love God and to love your neighbor mm-hmm. like those two things and we get away from that mm-hmm. because we think that we're we're supposed to be doing this yeah we got a checklist we we're, we've got an agenda that's supposed to get done we're supposed to be doing all these different things and because we get in that agenda then we we actually forget that that person that's over there that's actually hurting, that needs to be loved. Mm-hmm. Like, we forget that. And we also forget that love doesn't mean that we just have compassionate people. Love means that we also stand up for what's right mm-hmm. and stand up f- and, and stand against what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's love because love, to me, sacrifices the good of the self for the better of the whole.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we live in a day and age now where the better of the whole is definitely secondary to the to the betterment of self, right, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying about the basketball culture of like everybody's shifting around just so they can position themselves the best, right? Because that's honestly what the game is coming. There's so much money. That's what it is. But the winners don't care about all that. No, the or way, they care no, less. Right, than they care less. The right, 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 because the it's, because they know it's about the team first. And in the same thing, like in the Christian culture, like this is absolutely about the body of Christ, like what we say is as the body of believers it's not just about the church building that you go to on Sunday because in reality, like there should not be like a a church that's different than another church, like we are all followers of Jesus, like it doesn't matter what denomination you are and this and that, it really just a matter it matters where your heart is towards god and and I get I get I personally get frustrated with the you know at times with the institutionalization of things Mm -hmm. because we we lose the easily we lose the heart of the matter
2: and I think what's really dangerous within the institutional part of it is like a lot of people don't have an answer for why we're doing these things yeah it's it's how we've always done it right that's lethal like that's that's terrible if some if I go why so why are we doing this you know in the gym like if I'm like you know, why are you teaching this? Why are you doing this drill? And you go, uh oh, it's, it's just what I've always done. Right. Like that's yeah. I, that is not gonna sell me on what you believe to be truth right. on the court. Right. And it's the same thing that applies, you know, within the church and traditions and stuff like that. And yeah. so we really gotta check ourselves. And that's what I was saying earlier about us we don't have to have all the answers, but if we're if we're asking someone to do something, we need to know we need to be able to say why Absolutely. not just because like you don't want to like if someone's new to the church and they're sitting with you you brought them to church and they hand around the tithe and offering plate and they're like why do you do that and you're like well we just always we just always right. done it like right. <laughs> right. they're not going to no right and so i think having a certain amount of answers for you know for why am i doing this yeah. you know is really important
1: and i think it you know it kind of goes back a little bit to the fact that a bunch of us grew up where it was. You get to a point like you might ask why when you're three and four and five years old because that you just go through that stage. But then yeah. there comes to a point where, you know, authority would not say why. They just say this is because because I said, I said so. so. Yeah. Like, and when you grow up with that, then you get to the point where okay, you're like okay, so either I'm not supposed to think or question,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or I'm just supposed to fall in, and then just fall in line with everything. Yeah.
2: Then it's not yours.
1: Right, exactly. (laughs) But then, so we're coming into a generation where that's just not everybody asks why about everything. Like almost over the top, like where we have to, we're always explaining things. But when, especially when it comes to faith, you want, you want, like, I want my kids to develop a faith of their own. I don't want them to just do what I do because I do it or because I said that this is right. It's not about a right and wrong thing, it's about coming into a, a relationship. With God, because that's how we were designed to be.
2: Yeah. And I gotta, I gotta shout out my mom because when I was going through that period of time where I was, you know, want to stay in my PJs, not go to church, and because I, I had always gone to church because it was just what you did. Right. And I kind of knew it, but it wasn't brought to the, it wasn't at the front of my mind, because to me it was like I'm getting the message. It was I, I, I. It was all about me. Yeah. And she was like, no, like part of the reason we go to church is to have fellowship with others right. like and and that's a tool and a weapon that god uses to can use <sighs> through us you know to keep right. you know to keep the evil one away yeah and um I, I knew it like if you had put a test in front of me i could have given you the answer but i didn't right know it know it right and it was like i memorized the answers but i didn't know why yeah and
1: well, I, I think this is, this is pretty neat, man. Like, to be able to, to talk about the culture on the basketball side of things and then also the culture on the face side of things. Oh, so yeah, like hold on, that hold that on. Coach so Co- Izzo, Izzo's, Izzo's, I
0: had to check the camera. There. So well, you saying that, like, I was thinking, like, I think some of, the, some of the coolest stuff that you see in, like, culture and the culture of these things is when you kind of have these two different cultures and they kind of smash into each other. And then all of a sudden, like they intertwine, and like you get that, like I mean, whether whether it's just super interesting or it's a good, like you take the culture of fashion and it's smashed into the NBA culture, right? When they change like the rules about what the players could wear and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's created this super fascinating thing. But but it goes, there's benefits too, Costume right? Like the content. culture of of entertainment, right, and sort of. You know, whether it be, you know, YouTube or or podcasts or whatever, smashing into Mm -hmm. the culture of business or fitness even Mm -hmm. has been really valuable for people like it has helped people. And so I think like when I think about, you know, the basketball culture and the faith culture, like, I mean, you see Steph Curry is sort of like the, the, you know, the poster boy for that sort of like, you know, but it's cool. And then like, I think you look at college programs and you see a lot of these college programs that do have some success. And, you know, it's not a surprise that those coaches are kind of, you know, really, really like convicted in their faith. And then they're, they bring that to their program and they sort of, you know, make it one. And you see it with some of these coaches who are, you know, at, um, like Buzz Williams and, you know, and Tony Bennett and stuff. These are the cultures that people want to have. Every high school coach in America is like, I want that culture. Well, it's like no surprise that those guys are really, you know, like really convicted in their faith, and then the culture that they have is one that you would want. Tr- like truth, is truth. truth is truth. Truth is truth, and know? it
2: applies. It applies to everything, you know. But like that's, like the the faith piece. It very much has to do with business. It very much applies to well, sports a, and the putting others before yourself. You know, we we see it in coaching. Like now, it's. Like you can't max out like your organization, your team, your group of people. You can't max out what everyone's capable of until everyone's like, everyone, everybody else is more important than me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you saw that with Duke the other night. They didn't care. No, like no, they just no. didn't care, and they were so fun to watch. And I don't like Duke, yeah. but man, I was I was glued to the TV. I watched. I missed the first like three buckets. And the channel did not change, and I'm ADHD. Like, I I, the channel changes when the commercial comes. But I was so fascinated with just the way, especially these freshmen. Like, how easy is it when you're 18 years old to want to get yours? And it's it's your first game, and you're playing Kentucky, Kentucky
1: and they're all supposed to be draft picks, lottery picks. I mean,
2: and like when Zion did something, or RJ did something, or Cam did something, or. You know the other boys like everyone else was celebrating them. Now this brings up the next
1: thing: they were celebrating. Everything was going right for Duke. Mm -hmm. What I want to see is when they're shooting bricks and they're getting dunked on
2: and that kind of because that love your neighbor as yourself when they're doing what you want them to do. It's love your neighbor as yourself always,
1: right? And so, like when adversity hits, that's when you see the culture shine through like the culture of a team shine through if it's actually a culture and not just a fad of the week mm-hmm. then they will stay together mm-hmm. and the, you know like there's always going to be friction when there's adversity there's friction mm-hmm. <clears throat> but if if you've established a culture as a team as an organization you work through adversity and you come out better for it yeah. the teams that don't actually have a culture uh, the organizations that don't actually have a culture when adversity hits it just it breaks them yeah. Um, but this, we're going to point it back to you, audience. We're going to ask you guys what you think. What is the most relevant thing to you right now about the basketball culture that is just something you can't, you can't get away from, you can't stop thinking about, like, um, We'd love to hear from you, and then also, you know, on the faith side of things, like what 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 is the most relevant thing to you right now in in uh, in Christianity, in in or not even just Christianity, in faith? Like, what questions do you have? We'd love to hear from you. Um, you know, you can reach each one of us. Uh, PC, what's your you know, drop your, drop a line of
2: your handle, bro. Uh, Patch Henry. <laughs> That's what, that's Patch right. e-n-r-y <laughs> I d I didn't realize when I first set it up. It was just it's meant to be Pat C. Henry, but I've got my Everyone calls me PC, which is a nickname. And uh but now I've got Now it's Patch. One. Now it's Patch. Uh you can reach
1: me at Colin Stevens twelve Izzo. That's uh
2: it's coach dot iso
0: on Instagram. And uh coach underscore Izzo on uh on Twitter. I'm hoping someday that Tom Izzo will want that uh want that you might have to buy it off me so
1: that's just throwing that out there In
2: there, right, I, I don't see i don't see tom, tom, tom if you're getting li- super if you're invested in social media and you want
1: coach Izzo? um you're gonna have to pay for it, it all right so uh so yeah we'd love to hear from you and uh hope you enjoyed this episode catch us next time
0: thank you for listening to this episode of the f2 basketball podcast Remember, you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at F2 underscore basketball. You can also search for us on Facebook and YouTube. This podcast is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. We'll see you next time for another episode of the F2 Basketball Podcast.